people are afraid that if they make happiness their ultimate end result, that that might be all they get. They'll be happy, but broke? No, that's not how it works. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jambo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley for another spiritual tune-up titled, What If Happiness Is All I Get? What's the most general desire somebody could have? Happiness. Okay, you might say love, you might say health, but generally you want love and you want health so that you can be happy. Happiness is the ultimate end result. And I teach this the world over and have been doing so for almost all of these 20 years. Uh, but I know that happiness is kind of like, what is happiness? Audience members ask me from time to time to define happiness. Here's the great news. You get to define it in any way you like. If it means service to you, go for it. If it means happy dancing, then go for it. But happiness is the ultimate end result, which which leads invariably to the question from some audience member. And it came up so often, I had to really wonder, like, what's going on? Mike, I get that happiness is important, but what if that's all I get? Just happy. Oh, no. What if all you are is happy 24-7? The question came up so much, I, I would examine it and I would wonder and I would go within and be like, we've all been taught to be micromanagers so much of our lives. We think if we don't address finances as well, love as well, health as well, then the universe might, might as well not even know. People are afraid that if they make happiness their ultimate end result, that that might be all they get. They'll be happy, but broke, alone, no friends, that's alone, um, unhealthy. Uh, no, that's not how it works. The universe knows what you most want, but it helps yourself get clear on priorities when you name what it is you most want. You don't even have to ask. Before you even ask, your prayers are answered, the Bible said. There's some real gems in the Bible. But happiness implies all of the cylinders are firing. Here's an example of how people fall off the tracks. There are books out there. I don't know the name, haven't read them myself, but I've been told by enough audience members that state if you want to find your perfect soulmate, your perfect travel partner, your friend with benefits, make a menu list. 
tall, bald, handsome, you know, creative writer, um, you know, all those things that, that check the boxes for you, put on everything, good in the kitchen, good everywhere else, good, 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 make that list. And so often the person will come up and say, you know, I made my list, I got everything I wanted, but the person is married. I forgot to put single, must be available on my menu list. Do you think the universe is so daft, so imbecilic, so evil and cruel that it would be like, you want someone single too? I could never have known that if you didn't put it on your bullet list. You don't have to tell the universe you want somebody single. You don't even have to tell the universe you want somebody. The universe knows. What's important is that you know and that you're doing something about it in conjunction with living a well-rounded life. Happiness implies, I mean, the happiness we're talking about is that, woohoo, I love my life. Ah that kind of happiness, that, that implies you have enough money to live on your terms. That kind of happiness implies that you've got a partner if you're ready for a partner. That kind of happiness implies that the back pain is gone. Okay, you don't have to say, oh, I want to be so happy and no back pain. Oh, and I want to have a lot of money. Oh, I want to be so. Do you think you could actually check every box that's important to you? Do you think that if you named the back pain, what about your left knee? It never gave you a problem before, but some people have left knee problems. You better put that on your, what about your right big toe? What about your right eyeball? No glaucoma? That's because you're lucky so far and you better put it on your list. What about your left ear? You don't want wax buildup. Do you realize, and that's just a few body parts. Do you realize if you took your whole life into consideration, you would never, ever, 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 ever be able to name everything that you want to run smoothly. But yet as micromanagers, we think we need to cross every T and dot every I and name every single thing. Otherwise it might not happen for us. Baloney, happiness, rocking joyful existence implies that you don't have wax buildup in your left ear. It implies that you have money in the bank. It implies that you have clarity and peace of mind. It implies that the anxiety has gone away. Those of you suffering right now, and this is serious from anxiety and fear and worry and financial stress, I would recommend strongly that you do not try to negate those thoughts by thinking, I don't have any financial worry. I'm not feeling anxiety anymore. That just reinforces it. How do you go beyond? Imagine a life where everything's working. In other words, imagine a life of full joy. And then all important, drum roll, please. After you're done visualizing, after you're done naming your high priorities, you know, abundance or happiness, the ultimate, then you must physically go do something about it. Do something about your happiness. Call an old friend, uh, reach out, get involved in a sport or a hobby or in your garden. Don't just hang out with your fur babies and then come in the house and read a book and then go back out and plant some sunflowers and then come back and read. A That's not doing something. That's not nearly enough. You didn't come here to be a couch potato, uh, a gardening couch potato with fur babies. You came here for the whole enchilada. And that means roaring great happiness and all that it implies.
Jambo fellow adventurers. And the question being posed to me yesterday is, what if our higher self wants something different for us than our street level self? I mean, what if you're like, you know, I want a new car, I want a new house, I want a new partner, I want pain-free living, but your higher self in all its wisdom knows what's best for you and is arranging things accordingly. Or replace higher self with God. What does God most want for you in this lifetime? The whole thing is based on a false premise that, that we are here kind of as um, forerunners uh, being readied through tests for salvation. It also implies judgment. Here's an analogy I used in my book, The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You. Let's say right now you're planning a really exotic trip once coronavirus is gone, okay? You're going to have friends, you're going to have abundance, you're going to have creative, fulfilling work. And one of the little perks and rewards you're going to give to yourself is a trip to Africa, okay, to, to uh, a game park. And you're going to do a photographic safari of the animals, the wildebeest, the lions, tigers, and bears. And uh, you bone up on your Swahili. You uh, take some camping classes. You study what you're going to be seeing and when. You communicate with your guides out in advance. Let's say it's a year away. This big adventure for you in the Maasai Mara or Cougar National Park or wherever. When you get there and you're creeping along and all of a sudden there's a fork in the road, you know, dusty path this way, dusty path that way. Do you want hyenas? Do you want cheetahs? Where do they lie? What do your instincts tell you? Would you stop and say, now, what would Mike Dooley a year ago, who was planning this trip, decide to do now? It's like, what? Mike Dooley a year ago wanted to be you there now so that you there now could decide. You'd be fresh. You'd be, you know, in the, th the throes of passion and activity, deciding based on changing circumstances on the fly in a co-created world. Mike Dooley a year ago has no clue based on what you now know. And it's exactly the same in these sacred jungles of time and space. You planned meticulously eons ago, time's an illusion, but you did plan so that you could set the stage for this most amazing adventure where you would be toughened up, where you would be knocked down, where you would stand up, you would see these probabilities, nothing is destined. And, and you readied yourself so that you could take the blows and climb to the top of Kilimanjaro. Okay, it's not about what would the old Mike Dooley want. You are that Mike Dooley. You are that fill in your name blank here. You're not some little microscopic speck of your former divine self. You're a full on gladiator. You've got more awareness of every present moment right now, including a desire for chocolate cake, 
including a desire to go back to school and get a degree, including a desire to make a million dollars or to live pain free. You're in the throes, all of you, full glory. And you decide now, your, your higher self is on the sidelines going, go me, go, go me, go. Look at, there I am. My thoughts are becoming things. I have literally the power to move mountains. You do, you do move those mountains. And so now God, your higher self, friends from other lifetimes are cheering you because you're here in your full glory. You're not some speck. And so importantly, you're not here to be tested. There are zero tests in these sacred hallowed jungles of time and space. Zero. A test would like ruin everything, not just because they're not fun, but your thoughts become things. That's it. That's the absolute that unveils each precious moment and that decides the path of every single day. If there was test, you'd be like, well, I'm moving towards wealth and abundance, friends and laughter. I'm taking my baby steps. My thoughts become things, right? Nope, nope. This is test year. This is test year, and you have to be toughened up. Now, you saw the playground in advance. You knew what the probabilities were. You knew that you'd be short-sighted here and strong-sighted there. And so you might, you would have anticipated taking some blows, and you might anticipate some lions and tigers and bears, but those aren't tests. Tests imply that God or someone else or your higher self is deciding, and there's these booby traps on the path. There are zero. Are there lessons to learn? Oh, man, that's one of the coolest things about being here. Lessons to learn. Lessons you didn't even know you needed to learn, that you wanted to learn until they showed up. But when they showed up, you know, they psych us out. We think, oh, something must be wrong with me. It's like whenever adversity shows up, it's an invitation for being better than you even knew to ask for before. So there's zero tests while there is lots of learning. And there's no God or higher self in conflict with you and what you decide to do with the rest of your amazing life. Let it be easy. It is easy. You are here in your full glory to rock and roll. You already have dominion over all things. So what point would it serve for God or your higher self to say, go left, go left, go left, be selfless, be selfless. It's like, no, they're loving you. They're loving watching you. And you're going to have a roaring laugh when this whole thing is done and you're going to want to come back. If this, not that it really ever is done. Okay. And you can enlighten and levitate right on out of here, ascend out of here and then come back or don't or go somewhere else. But it's all here for you. You are loved and adored. Your thoughts become things. And given the inclination we all have to thrive, as I've outlaid, outlined before in these spiritual tune-ups, you're golden. You are so golden. Jambo, fellow adventurer, here we are for another spiritual tune-up. And this time, passing judgment. What's the big deal? This question was sent in by uh, an Infinite Possibilities members. All of you right now watching or the recording, post your questions below, and I'll perhaps get to answer them in a future spiritual tune-up. So, passing judgment. This is a good one. 
I think. Um, but a word to the wise right off the bat. When you're using words to describe truth, they slip. They lack traction. You need to look to the underlying intention of what's being conveyed to find clarity. Just like I said with the cursed house, it's not what you do that makes something a cursed how. It's how you view why you did it. And there's a spiritual tune-up on exactly that. But when it comes to passing judgment, you have to. You have to decide, should you go left or right? Should you uh, marry her or him? Should you work in this profession or that profession? Is it good for you? Is it conducive? You have to be on guard and take care of and look out for yourself. When it gets a little bit slippery is when you're dealing with other people, okay, and passing judgment on them. And my advice here is to forego the labeling of a person, because a person isn't anything except for their accumulated momentum and behavior and decisions. And just like you, they slip, they fall, they do things that are not in their own best interest. And so you might say that something somebody that you love is doing, you might judge, isn't for their best interest. Uh, you might judge their behavior without labeling them. Big, big difference. It doesn't do you any good. But again, for the people that you choose to have in your business, your clients, who you interact with, who you love, you know, judgment is a vitally crucial part of negotiating your life, dreams, and happy times. Now, here's the biggest aha I got as I contemplated this question. And I, I got to tell you, if you sit on a question expecting an answer, and sometimes not even expecting an answer, it's amazing what you can get. This is the source of virtually all that I share that is then later confirmed by a few of my favorite books, and I'm not a big reader. But here is the big download I got this morning as I wondered, should I take this question on? Should I go there? There's got to be another layer. Here's that layer. What does the topic that you're judging have to do with your immediate life, your immediate well-being. And chances are, when we get in that zone of good and bad and labeling things, wise, unwise, helpful, unhelpful, chances are, particularly when you watch, watch the news, that the thing you're passing judgment on, somebody's behavior in some faraway country, and you know, it's definitely disgusting and not helpful to, 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 to their experience, but is it even relevant to yours? We can get in this mode of passing judgment to feel better about ourselves. Yet, if it's on topics, on circumstances, on people that, that don't impact your immediate life, you're throwing your power out the window. Your days, if you will, from within the illusions are limited. Okay, you get so many days of sunshine in your life, so many Thursdays, so many weekends, and all of them are laden with gifts and jewels. Yet, if you develop this habit of either watching the news 
or gossiping with your friends or speaking to other things that really do not have a direct impact on your fortunes or misfortunes now, short term or long term, what are you doing? You may as well just, you know, watch Netflix 24-7. You may as just may as just may as well just, you know, sit on your couch and and visualize without ever taking action. It's like, it's not gonna do you any good. It's not going to enrich your life. It's not gonna make you a better person to be passing judgment in the many, 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 many areas that we tend to opine, where there's no connection to our life. And in that way, passing judgment is a fruitless waste of time, okay? so. Yes, judgment, your passing of judgment for your life, your decisions, your peeps, your learning and adventure is crucial. When it comes to other people, maybe if it's relevant to you, judge their behavior, but don't label them. But beyond that, get it on, man. Live your rocking life. It's beautiful. You're powerful. You're here to make your dreams come true. And this is only going to be delayed and become invisible if you're opining on every single thing happening everywhere. And, and that might sound like an extreme, but I think we tend to do that. I used to do that watching the news. I was a big news junkie and now I never watch the news given the buttons it presses for me. I'm aware, but it's like, look, when it comes time to vote, I know what I'm gonna do. But beyond that, now let's rock. Oh, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Hope you're doing fantastic, ready for the weekend. Uh, I'm excited to dive into one of the most bodacious spiritual tune-ups yet. What happens when we die? A little story here. When one of my nieces was probably four or five years old, she was learning about death and dying and God and heaven and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she asked my sister, her mom, um, you know, you know, constantly, you know, what happens when we die? And, you know, the normal answers would follow. Well, one day my sister was driving my niece somewhere and it was just the two of them in the car. My niece was, of course, in a child seat in the back. And suddenly she blurted out, mommy, mommy, I know what happens when we die. And my sister said, oh, what, honey, what happens when we die? And she said, we go back to normal. Wow. From the mouths of babes. Is that not the best answer ever? So what is normal? If we roll back to my very first spiritual tune-up titled Adam, Eve, and Coronavirus. I painted a picture drawing from that famous biblical story uh, of what the truth is and what I believe that story was trying to tell us, that we are all truly the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. And it's just that the price of admission for living in these sacred hallowed jungles of time and space where we mandatorily had to forget fleetingly that we are of God, by God, pure God, therefore everywhere, always at once. Time is an illusion. Space is an illusion. Scientists will tell you this. 
almost everything I'm sharing with you, and truly, I think everything I'm sharing with you can be arrived at through reflective, deductive reasoning. Go within. How could we not be of God? How could life be a random chance accident? There's intelligence everywhere. There's no trace of us evolving from an amoeba. None skeletally speaking or any other ways on planet earth consciousness does not arise from matter okay matter arises from consciousness that makes sense uh it just proves itself if you will and for many i'm naive and for others this is going to resonate deeply so if we are of god by god pure god and we chose to fleetingly forget that we're everywhere always at once so that we could be here versus there now versus then, have versus have not, then it would only make sense that this amnesia of our true source would bring about adventure, desire, opportunities to fall in love when we thought there was none, and the games begin. Now, where in that equation is there a big red devil? If there was a big red devil, it would have to be made of and pure 100% God, because there's nothing that can't be pure divinity. And God is big enough, I trust you sense, that, that there's been no mistakes, okay? That, that things haven't gone wobbly. That it's like, oh my God, I created this bastion of perfection and now it's gone to hell. It's like anything and everything was and could have been foreseen. And if, in the most impossible of ways, something went wrong and part of God became rebellious, God's bigger. God could crush it. Not that that ever would have happened to begin with. To think that there's a devil running amok in the physical universe or in the ethereal world would be tantamount to thinking that God has cockroaches in his kitchen. There ain't no kitchen. There ain't no roaches and there ain't no devil, never has been. There's only God, we're all one. There's only love. And let me add to that, although it's highly redundant, there's only heaven. And it's here right now. And hell is not knowing that you're in heaven. Hell is being so hypnotized by the illusions, whether it's the red apple, metaphorically, that Adam and Eve bit into, thinking it went from a, a thought form into reality and something to contend with. Or <clears throat> it's thinking that you're vulnerable. You're not. It's thinking that you're mere mortal. You're not. It's thinking that um, you only have a, a number, you know, a, a fleeting chance to get things done. You're eternal. Uh, anything that dims pure, radiant truth which would otherwise be experienced as total ecstasy 24-7. And this is what the yogis and the Buddhas and the Jesus Christ accomplished. Total union with their mind and the divine mind, yielding pure ecstasy. Ecstasy like indescribable joy. Anything that diminishes the true light of truth, the brilliance of truth, all of a sudden, every color of the spectrum is introduced. And the further you descend, okay, it's not up or down, but just words uh, doing my best. The further you descend into the Maya, as the uh, Eastern religions would tell you, the illusions, 
the more scared you become and the more fearful and the more regret and the more angry and the more violent and the more all those hideous things. That's hell. When we die, we get taken up a number of notches. We're not totally enlightened when we die. It's a different experience for everyone. They come from heaven where we are now, go to another level of heaven, ultimately the seventh heaven. You see the analogies and the, uh, the words that have been used for a long time um, to all of a sudden ultimately merge our thinking, our personality, for lack of a better word, with the mind of God, which doesn't mean we dissolve and go away. As I shared earlier, we're inside the mind of God right now and we haven't dissolved and gone away. So we will and you will forever be uh, a personality essence, although more elevated for the more truth you let in. This is the whole adventure. We go from total enlightenment down here to like, wow, lions and tigers and bears. And then we actually move up into more and more love and more and more truth. And we learn every lesson, we play every game, we fall in love in every way. And it's all good because it's inside of God. Now, some people passing who believe that it's lights out, all done, life's random chance, there's no God, there's no intelligence, there's no devil, there's no nothing. Several books I have read, including Ramtha, the white book, and Seth material, have said that there is this place where souls who believe, believe, believe that nothing exists after life are just there kind of lying. And angels and elements all rush to help them eventually, you know, time's an illusion. So eventually, I can only surmise, or at another level of existence, they are retrieved. Um, for those who deeply believe in a brimstone and fire, they will experience something like that until they are reached and the drama plays itself out and they are lifted higher. They're not there forever. It's a, it's a hell of their own make-believe, uh, a hell of their own creation, just as you now live a life of your own creation. Your thoughts, beliefs, and expectations follow you onto the other side. But for most and for all, eventually, we see the truth. We feel the love. And you know what we think when we feel all that love and we're moving into ecstasy? We're like, it was the same where I just came from, but I didn't allow myself to see it. Let me go back. I'm going to get it this time. I'm going to nail it this time. I'm going to see the beauty everywhere. I'm going to fall in love with everyone. I'm not going to, you know, sin and not see the truth, which is what sin is. It's just an innocent mistake, not justifying people's horrific behavior. People do evil things. Evil could be said to be everywhere in the world because it's in the mind of men and women. It does not lurk as a force of its own. God would squash it out. There, only good comes from every adventure into time and space, contrary to what our physical senses share with you. Obviously, there are tangents here, and I could go on and on and on in a number of different directions. If you want more of my insights, I do have a book called The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You. It's one of my favorite books that I've written, The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You. Um, and there's a lot of other great books. I mention them all the time. There's a recommended reading list at the bottom of tut.com, recommended resources. Um, you can get there through deduction. It's common sense. It's obvious. You live in a world where you are adored, utterly adored. The truth is a breath away. You can move into that ecstasy at any time. 
And, and there you will find what you already suspect, that heaven is beneath your feet right now. Jambo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Um, today's talk is based on a question submitted by you all. Mike, what do you think the hardest thing, the most difficult thing people are going through or that people face in these sacred illusions of time and space? And that's pretty easy, but it's not your first go-to typically. Um, the answer is not knowing the truth of who you really are, how you got here, why you're here, what you can do with your time in space. The truth will set you free. Okay, now I'm going to take this theory and give it some application in just a moment. But truly, the truth is, is it is, <clears throat> it is the ultimate soothing balm. It is the antidote to solve all issues and challenges. Um, it pierces the veils of self-deception. And the thing is, you got to have the footing, as I've shared before, that there is a truth. You cannot be of the persuasion. Everyone has their own truth. La-di-da-di-da. That's crazy wrong. Everyone has their own path to truth. And all paths need to be honored and respected. But that doesn't change truth. There may be an infinite number of roads to Rome, but none of those roads change Rome. And the truth is simple. It is knowable. It is benign, at least with regard to your life, your adventures, and your joy. The truth turns lack into abundance, financial abundance. The truth turns illness into health. The truth turns loneliness into friendships, the truth turns confusion into clarity. Whatever you want, truth is the key. But that doesn't mean you just meditate. That doesn't mean you just read books. That doesn't mean you just go within. We have these awesome physical instruments that channel our energy, that need to be out mingling with the world. Granted, we're in lockdown right now, coronavirus. But that doesn't mean that you're unable to reach out, explore, circulate your resume on monster.com, if there even still is a monster.com. That's what I did 20 years ago to no avail. <laughs> Thank God. Um, you still got to do stuff. So let me take that question and give it some application to the craziness we're going through right now, you know, because another question that I'll probably that I will now try to answer simultaneously to the first one is like, Mike, what do you, how do we mitigate and cope with the intense stress and uncertainty financially of what's going on in the world? I mean, there's all kinds of models, um, not just for the virus, but for economies and currencies. And, you know, none of us knows for sure what lies around the corner. Um, businesses have been ground to a halt, you know, like, 15%, 16% of the United States is receiving or applying for unemployment benefits. This is going to have ripple effects. You might be on a fixed income. And then Mike Dooley comes along and says, the truth will set you free, turning lack into abundance. Applied truth, applied spirituality. What would truth 
reveal to anybody who started searching for it first theoretically and then how do we use that i've already shared uh, a, a bunch of ideas okay you would find oh by the way to my mates in australia good day good day i think it's nighttime there right now it might even be tomorrow right now but i do believe it's anzac anzac day in australia and i wanted to give that shout out right off the top thanks to a tip from a facebook watcher yesterday good day mates okay so what is the truth going to reveal uh do for you uh let's see here here you're going to find out you create your own reality okay that is the truth you're going to find out your thoughts become things you're going to find out that you must take action vis-a-vis -vis the baby steps that i was just talking about and the best news there is you're going to find out this is what the truth is going to tell you that you don't have to hit the home run you don't have to know exactly what's going on as you move through the world with understanding. You just have to do the best you can with what you've got from where you are. And while I say you can figure out anything, and I do believe that, you know, as far as photosynthesis, as far as how gravity works, which is still an unknown, uh, electricity as well, you know, okay, you don't have to go there to be happy. So go where you can to be happy. Know what you're good at. Know what you want to be good at. Um, you're also going to find out that you're absolutely adored, that life is a miracle, that you're pushed on to greatness every single day, and that all is supremely well. Knowing that, facing financial hardship right now, no matter your age, being realistic, okay, you know, being as practical as possible. Granted, if you're 85 years old, you're not going to go out there and pound the pavement like you once did, but that doesn't mean there isn't a need and a place for you in the world right now that could, in fact, produce wealth and abundance. So here's a list of things that I have come up with that anybody in truth also worried about finances would immediately begin doing, dots connecting. You would apply for all of the abundant financial aid resources that are out there today. Did you know Salvation Army is giving away rent money? Did you know that Goodwill and all of the others are rallying together and reallocating their funds and resources to help, just to help, because that's what they do? And you're on those lists, right? There's no shame in that, you know? Money is pure spirit. You had other priorities right now. You were you know, in limbo financially, go knock on those doors, get the government assistance. Uh, th there's a, a plethora of ways that you could tap into abundance of cash right now to make and meet during this uncertainty. So it's incumbent upon you to use the spiritual knowledge, the woo-woo, to get out there and sharpen your pencils and apply for that stuff while simultaneously use this lockdown time to brush up on skills skills that interest you stuff that you like to do stuff that you used to be good at that maybe you're rusty on now or brand new skills for sure you'd be doing that also you'd be applying for jobs online um there's no employer these days that doesn't hire online and there are plenty of industries right now who are hiring right now fortunes are being made right now far and few between but it is happening to those with the right thoughts who are showing up, showing up, using the truth applied. Maybe this is a good time to relocate. You've always felt that bugs. You want to move across town, move to another neighborhood, move to another state or country. Use this time wisely for long-term, the long-term ramifications. Volunteer. Be active. 
charities are in such high demand right now, as you're also circulating your resume, you could get busy, meet a ton of people on the service side and the receiving side while you do all else. I know a number of people who took charity work to the next level and they're directors of the foundation that they formed because they started out as a part-time volunteer. Hey, get involved, meet people. This is life. This is the dance. This is God I'm alive in the dream. And then finally, continue to think deeply. Go into meditation. Go for long walks if it's safe where you live. Uh, ask yourself big questions. Uh, pr prepare to be astounded. The number one difficulty faced by every single human being, to summarize, is not knowing the truth of who we really are, how awesome they are, how unbelievably powerful they are, and how poised they are for the best of their life. And to apply this to your life now, as they say in religious circles, pray and move your feet. Apply it, show up, baby steps. There may not seem to be anything spiritual about your baby step, that, but then that's because you're missing that everything is spiritual. You live in a paradise cloaked in the material. Everything's here to help you. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!